Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So God help us in Jesus' name. So as we, you know, it's just something that I just feel that I, we should know even as we go on. And you will see how Jesus was offending people. Most of the people that Jesus was offending was not people who did not know God. It was actually people who knew him. May God grant us grace and understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as we look at our goals for 2021, you know, when you have, when you get an architect, you want to build a house, your expectation is that that person has a plan. If you say that I want to build a house, and the bricklayer comes and says, don't worry, let's build, let's build it. And you're asking him, what do you want to say? I don't worry. By the time he finishes, we will figure, we will get something. And so when you begin to see a plan, you see that a plan has, it is well detailed where the room is going to be, where this is going to be, where that is going to be. So when an architect is building a property, they would first of all, they have a plan. So whatever they are building is based on that plan. And when it comes to God, the Bible says that we are God's building. That means that God has a plan of what to build. God is not just trying to think what to build. He has a plan of what to build. As individuals, God has a plan of what he wants to build. And as we begin to look at this, and I'll show you why this is the agenda, is that God does not have a plan to build different buildings. God doesn't build different buildings. From the whole testament, he gave them to build according to the pattern, the tabernacle. That tabernacle remained all true, even when Jesus died, he did not remold it. When the apostles were going to give references to it, they did not rearrange it. So when God is building something, God does not build different Christians. He has one plan for everyone. So we will see why just what they said, the same plan, same building, the same occupant, but that building cannot be used for different things. But the way God will build it is the same. So that means that even though I am a pastor, somebody is a prophet, or somebody is an apostle, the building is the same. What it is used for is what we differ. But when we don't know this, or when we don't understand this, we think that the priority, and we'll begin to explain it, why, see, why, as far as God is concerned, the building is the same. The use may be different, but the building is the same. He told them in Exodus, he said, see to it 
that you may build according to the pattern I have shown you. God said, Moses, make sure when you are building, you build according to the pattern. Why is it important that God told Moses that please build according to pattern? Because Moses has seen a temple before. Remember, he's coming from Egypt. There were temples in Egypt. He's been seeing temples all his life. So God said, before you begin, to, when I say build temple, before you begin to build what you saw in Egypt, please remember that it wasn't only Egyptians that were there. The Bible says that when Israel left, there were, there were people of mixed multitude. That was from different parts of the world. People were already worshipping idols. So they had temples. So when God was going to ask me to build temple, he said, excuse me, I know that you have an understanding of what temple looks like. But let me show you what I want. The reason why God showed him, one, the Bible says, is a replication of what is in heaven. But the important thing for Moses was that Moses had an idea in his head what the temple should look like. And God was saying, no, I know that is what happens around you. I know that is what all your, all your, uh, all the followers, I know that is what they know. But what, that is not what I'm asking you to build. Because what I'm asking you to build is not based on the model that you have seen. And you can imagine how difficult was it for Moses to build a temple. When everybody says, what are we building? But when we see temple in, in this, this, this place, this is how they built it. No. <laughs> This is what God said I should build. So you can build temple according to what is prevailing. However, that is not the temple. Now this makes a little bit of sense. So when God is building, he has, God has a structure, he's building, he's not building, God doesn't, See, one of the things I'm, I'm, I also, I am learning a lot more. God doesn't speak, okay, this morning now, God did not wake up and say, morning, let it happen. He didn't say that. Why? Because he said it, and he has said it. And since he said it, the morning keeps happening. There are things that God doesn't, he doesn't do them again. When Jesus said it is finished, it is finished. No matter what you think you want to give a sacrifice, as far as God is concerned, he's done. So there are things that God will do. And it doesn't, no matter what situation arises. See, climate change happens tomorrow. God will not wake up in the morning and say, oh yeah, rainfall. No, it doesn't happen. It, he has already said it. And that is it. But God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's come on, please. Now, as we, like I said, the temple is the same. So when God says, build me a temple or a tabernacle, sorry, this is the mind of God. So, and as God began to explain it further, as he began to explain it further from, um, from the time of Moses or through Jesus or through even the apostles, the explanation is going deeper, but the temple is the same. So we have both the outer courts, the inner courts, and the holies of holies. 
as the Bible would teach, uh, would, let, would later teach us, is that this is the flesh, this is your soul, and this is your spirit. So, if I build, and I will still come back to this again, if I build only this place, the spirit, is that the temple? That's not, that's not the tabernacle. So, when, as a builder, if you are not building both the, the mind, the, the, the body, the soul, and the spirit, you are not a builder. You are building according to the pattern you think you should build. Because the temple, the tabernacle, has to cover all sides. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the interpretation of our times. What we are getting, I'm going to just because we are, we are trying to, you know, we are trying to lay down the plan so that you know when there is a plan. See, the good thing about the plan is this: if you are not meeting up, you know you are not meeting up, and you know why. You can investigate it. A plan that cannot be investigated. Is not the plan, or is not a good one, and you will know if it is ongoing. Even if it takes you fifty years, you know you have a clear picture in your mind where you are going. You are not, you are not, you are, you know what you are, what what you are building, and you know when it is not it. So no matter how long it takes me as a builder or you as a builder. To build a tabernacle, you have a clear picture in your mind what a tabernacle looks like. I'm just using that as an example. Now let's go to the next. Now one of the challenges we have as we begin to begin to explain this is that we have a perception of somebody is bad. They receive Jesus and they become good. And I'll begin to show you why what the Bible explains about this. But in actual sense, the what the Bible teaches is that man is evil. Every man is evil. You receive the gospel. And you become like Jesus, not good. The top one is what that is why you cannot differentiate a Christian from a non believer because everybody, as long as you are a good person, it's okay. You know, I said that the gospel will offend, so just let's gradually get there. I was talking to somebody one day, somebody was speaking to me and you know, person was speaking really good and I, I really did appreciate it, but I wanted to correct that person to a point. The person said to me that, you know, the person was talking to me about different things, about lifestyle and things like that, and the person said to me that, you know, you have been, you know, you, you have, things are good because you've been a good person, you've been brought up in a good way, you've been a good person and things like that. And I said that you 
what you have said now, and this person is very close, that's why I, to, I can explain it to them, because I know that they too would also have the opportunity of sharing people. I said, that is good. But what you have said, not knowing, and that's why we're, we're going through this, not knowing, is that Christ did not need to die for me. That's what you're saying. If I'm good enough to be good now, from when I was born, then Jesus did not need to come. At least he could come from other people. He didn't need to come for me. But if, although I am good, yet the Bible refers to me as evil, then I need Jesus to be God, to be like, to be like him. Do we get what I'm trying to say? Now, I was talking to somebody who was, another person would not mind, somebody was sharing their testimony, and I believe it's a testimony. I was so happy within my spirit because, see, for me, you know, uh, the person was talking about about their marriage and things like that. And the person was saying that, you know, he said, said, I was born in Nigeria, I was raised in Nigeria as a man, and we are damaged. Statement. Those who, 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 who had what the person said. He said, I had so many. He said, but when I met Christ. Now, if you're offended that he said that because I am in Nigeria, we are damaged, it's because you do not differentiate between good and Jesus. If somebody says that I am an European, and in Europe, in Europe we have a mentality, we have a, a, a culture that has damaged me. Even though you think that is even though you are European, if you offended at that, it's because you don't know the difference between what Jesus did. I was talking to somebody and I said, it's been in my mind a long time ago to just do something about, but I don't have the capacity yet. I said, you know, I want, it's been in my mind to do men's forum and things like that. And I love the question that person asked. That person said, what is your vision? I said, my vision is not to raise a cultural man, a non-cultural man, my vision is to raise Jesus in them. That is what the Bible teaches. Now, you begin to read as Jesus begins to talk. John chapter 14, verse 16 to 20 said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to help you and will be with you forever. He said, the spirit of truth which the world cannot, the world cannot accept him, neither sees him, sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, he lives with you and will be in you. Let's read on, please. He said, I will not leave you as, as orphans. Please know that the part, part was talking about was the Holy Ghost and things like that. He said, but for long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, talking about after the Holy Spirit comes, you will realize, that means that you will get to begin to understand that as, uh, that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Please, did, do you think that this statement is tautology? You are in me and I am in you. Let's read on. You read another scripture, John chapter 17. See the same statement that Jesus keeps using. You are in me and I am in you. I have given them, I, I have given them 
the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am, sorry, I in them and you in me so that we may be brought to complete unity. Then the world may know that you love them just as you love me. Amen. Again, he says, I in them. Why would Jesus begin to use these different statements to say that I am in them and they are in me, like we read in John chapter 14? Because those two have two different implications. You can be in Christ. That is a shield around you. But for Christ to be in you, that means he is literally walking inside of you. I would begin to, we will begin to look more at this as this has major implications and you keep seeing all through, even in Matthew, Jesus keeps emphasizing on these two types. Because when you begin to know, at times we are more aware that I am in Christ. We are less assured of Christ is in us. Galatians chapter 2, you will begin to see this as Paul begins to talk. And Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, that means in this physical body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, when I begin to act, when we begin to talk about Christ in you, at times we have a skewed view of who Christ is. Then when we see, please remember what, where we are going to is building a building. That is, if you are a pastor, or prophet, or whatever it is, a Christian, you need to understand that you are asked to build something. Now when you build half of that thing, it is not it. So you see, and please, I am not here, I'm not criticizing this, I'm just trying to lay emphasis on at times how we have kind of tilted towards one side alone. There's a song that we sing, That means I want to be like Jesus, he's a good man. But that is not the complete Jesus that is. God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let me show you the complete Jesus as the Bible puts it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good. So good could be Jesus is a gentleman. 
Jesus is a good man. Jesus loves people. But if the other aspect of the expression of power is not, you are not conscious of it, then the only Jesus you would express or you'd be looking forward to expressing is the Jesus that has, that is good, which is not bad, but it is not complete Jesus. Does, this, does it help us? If I can be a good person and keep betting better, I am becoming like Jesus, but I am not yet fully like him. Because the whole package of Jesus is not only that he is good, but that he could express. So if somebody says, are you like Jesus? Yes, I'm like Jesus. Why? Because I am doing good. I am becoming good. Yes, that is 5 over 10. But there is this other aspect of Jesus. Jesus was, and we, and we will begin to, we will begin to look at that even much more better as we go on. And you understand why this is important as we begin to move through this year to understand that what we are called to do is to build a whole Christ in us. Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. Now, see what Jesus said. Jesus said, you, I said, your mistake is that you do not know scriptures. One, so that means you can know scriptures. He said, and you do not know the power of God. You know, he said there are two different things. So if you understand the power of God and you don't understand scripture, you are still what? Mistaken. If you know scripture and you don't understand the power of God, you are still mistaken. But what do we do? We divide these two. You say, ah, my own is scripture. Ah, my own is, oh, power, 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 power. <laughs> Jesus, this is Jesus talking. You, you are already having a mistake. Please understand one thing. God help us. Now, why am I saying this as per building? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, as we read Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Now God, now these are the Christ, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. I love this word. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church the body of Christ let's go to verse 15 I just want to show you something now 
had what are we supposed to build into? The Bible says, instead we speak in, in, in sorry, instead we speak the um, the truth in love, growing in every way. So you remember I started up by saying you have the hunter court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. Growing in any way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body. So what am I supposed to build people into? I am supposed to build people into a complete part of Christ. If I lay emphasis on one and not the other, I have built half Christ. When somebody that God has given grace, no matter who the person is, if you don't have a clear... See, that's why I said, when the Bible was saying, this building plan, it doesn't change from pastor to pastor. This is the building plan. Please let us go to Ephesians 4.15 in ESV. 15, please, in ESV. Rather speaking truth in love, we are growing up in every way into him. I am not called. My first responsibility is not to raise people to become rich. My first responsibility is not to raise you to become speaking in tongues because that is not growing into him. See, when you don't understand the responsibility of your job, you would, you would, you know, I have, and I, see, this is why I said you let, there are certain things that you've embraced all your life. And when the word of God comes to you, you choose scriptures. Say, ah, say, God has called me to raise the new prophets of the generation. You saw that. And I'm not disputing it. But the plan that scripture says is that you, I am, that is why at times people may say, ah, this person is not too concerned about my spiritual, my gift or my, because that is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to build you into Christ. If I build you into Christ, then whatever use you want to be, whatever use, then you can be used for whatever type of use. But if the building is not first built, if the building is not first built, then it doesn't matter what use. Let me tell you how we build Christians to use. You can build a very arrogant tongue-talking person. You have not built the building. You can build raise multi-millionaires in your, in your ministry and yet have people who commit fornication everywhere. Because what you have done, you have focused on the use rather than the building. If 
I am focused on building, I will not be focused on the inner court alone. I will focus on the outer court. So when I see outer court having issues, I'll say, eh, thank God for your ministration when you sing, the power of God moves. Uh, please. The way you talk to people. Why? Because the goal is not to raise a singer. The goal is to raise Christ. If we don't understand this, you will tilt to one area and only build uses, but not Christ. You cannot, you cannot differentiate my character from the way I talk. Chicken and I'm just trying to use when you say bio, this is bio. When you begin to say somebody speaks like bio, somebody behaves like bio, then it is not bio. So when the Bible says, that is why when you will see, Paul will say that I came to a church, the, 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 the Gentiles are asking for me to talk big grammar. The other one, the Jews, they are looking for me to do miracles. Paul said, I will need, I will come to your church, I will neither do miracles nor preach in the way we want I would present to you Jesus because that is what we are called to build. So as we begin to build this year again, because the Bible says we grow in any way. That's why I said it is not a total agenda, but I should be able to see how you have grown into him. Not how you have grown into a particular thing. How you have grown into him. So if you have not grown into him, I was speaking to a prophet yesterday. We were just having a chat. And he was talking to me. He said, ah, pastor. Said there was a time. Said he said there was a time. He said he was brought up with dim prophets, and he will gladly say it. He says it almost every time. Brought up with dim prophets. He said then. He said there was a time when you know you would have seventy days fast. Heavens will be open. Said pastor, I didn't know who Jesus was. Somebody told me something. Someone told me something end of last year. And the person was speaking to the person said, Pastor, I have been telling people, if I get our words right, I've been telling people, I can tell you what God is saying. I can explain everything to you. He said, in fact, I was leading a lot of things. But not until recently did I know who Jesus was. So I could tell people about him. I could tell this what he's saying to you now. But I don't know him. What happened to those people? They were built, the focus was on use rather than the building itself. It breaks my heart when somebody who has journeyed with God for many years 
Now I say that it wasn't that those prophecies were not right. But I was talking about somebody I myself did not know. And that is why the goal and the agenda is, and you will see it in Jesus' life. Jesus would rather stop doing miracles for people. The Bible says that when they came to come and do five loaves of bread, he multiplied it. They came back again. Jesus said, why did they come? Because of five loaves of bread? He didn't do it. He didn't. Why? Because you cannot allow uses to truncate the building itself or else you're going to get a job. God help us in Jesus' name. See, those certain things may sound extreme to you, but you know that it's it manifests in different ways. That somebody, somebody, somebody went in trance and decided after he came down, he decided to go and sleep with somebody else's wife. That same day. Use the building is not there. So if you come in, see the way maybe the way we were brought up. There's uh, in, in my residence, unification. There was a day when somebody said, uh, the pastor then said, people were offended. They said, until we say so, until God gives us grace, nobody speaks, don't say the Lord in this place. Mass and sirs, there was no one, no matter where that person came from, that God spoke. He only came from the people because we were seeing that there was already chaos in the church. We could not understand. Nobody was ready to listen to anything. See, I've seen it before. It may offend, but that is when you begin to understand what the what you are called to build. I can remember one day when we were having. Um, we're going to do that was one special program that we we're going to do. And the choir, what they were so I don't want to mention places, but the, the almost the church choir went to Lagos. Because there was this man that if he doesn't see you, <laughs> your whatever your choir, whatever it is, is, is gone. Basically, you're in trouble. So we had program in Osu. Our half of our choir, including choir master. They ran to Lagos. The president kept quiet. It was already boiling that day. The next day, they, no, the Sunday after everybody came, they came. So the choir master was a Chelsea fan and they were playing Champions League. <laughs> so they cancelled choir practice to go and watch Chelsea. So the two, I will never forget. She only was boiling that day. It just came to this Sunday service. It just came up and said, Every one of you out from the choir. For you to understand how God backs up, there was a select church next door. We were still in service. And that select prophet he said, God said, the choir that was disbanded today, that none of them returns until they first of all gather themselves together and do seven days fast. 
and from the head to toe, they will begin to reapply. All she will be said was, no more money. But God, God was already waiting to say that, would this person follow and say, ah, we still have to have this, so this has to happen, no, this has to happen, no. We, I will, that day I will never forget. Then I knew that as far as God is, God will allow it if that is what you want. But as far as he's concerned, he's more concerned about the building than he is. For months, we're clapping each other. Ah, how can we be doing clapping? A, a, a church of about 2,000 people. How can we just be clapping? I think it doesn't matter. But now that God has spoken, when life, life is even easy. Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. So, I just kind of brought it to that point. Please, um, um, can someone just um, keep track of time for me? Amen. So, it's saying, so what we are saying is that we are being called to grow in every way. So, that means that when I said men's forum, that means that if I if my goal is Christ, your responsibility or your manhood or whatever it is you want to call it is part of every way. Your career path is part of every way. Your spiritual goal is part of every way. But I am called to mold you into Him. So that means by the time you get into Him, you are all rounded. So you will not have a Christian that is one-sided. What I'm saying is this, no matter how long it takes, because you have a clear picture of what you are building, it doesn't matter. Because you can see clearly what you're building. You may not even have all the materials, but because the scripture clearly spells out what I am supposed to build or what we are supposed to build. Because remember, it's time we take some apostles, some prophets, some, you know, so it's everybody. But if we don't know what we are building, then we would focus on use. Does this make sense to us? Hallelujah. So we will begin to look at one aspect of, uh, aspect of this, you know, as we just... I, I just felt that I could just add this to it as we begin to look at the building. At the building. You know, we said Jesus was good and he was able to heal at the acts that, that we read. So you will see Jesus all through his journey. I'm, I'm, I think, I I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. You know, and the Bible says, Acts, sorry, um, Matthew 14, 14. And it says, Jesus landed a light in, and saw a large crowd and had compassion on, on, on them and healed their sick. So it did not stop at compassion. It, led, it did something about it. So if I have somebody that's having a dick, and you just say, 
Oh, a good Christian. You know, you are good. God, God bless you. What, what have I done? Half of Jesus. Jesus does not sympathize with people. He has compassion. And it means that he would feel sorry for you and he would do something about it. So if I am not doing something about it, if I can only encourage you, it is good. But it is not complete. Jesus. God is helping us as a church. We are supporting a particular child in Nigeria and, you know, um, him and his grandmother has They've been on wheelchair, they were, they were actually on the streets. Actually on the streets and things like that. They got um, a property for the duplex, and, not a duplex, a, a, a flat for them. You know, they're doing well. But I'm saying this to, I'm, I'm getting to a point to this, you know. So sadly, my mom died last year, this November or so. And the boy has not really been going to school. He's 16 years old, he's not really going to school as such because he's, he's, um, he has handicap issues and things like that. So he's been on a wheelchair. In fact, they were just buying, uh, they're just buying a new wheelchair for him and things like that. But what I'm trying to say is this. So now that my mom is dead, because my mom is the one that normally looks after him also and things like that. And he was saying, you know, does this mean that once my mom is dead, everybody will just, abandon him and let him rot away like that and things like that and god will not allow god god god, god that will never happen yeah, that will never happen but what i'm saying is this and i was thinking about it yesterday ah, okay you have been as a church you guys have been supporting this boy you've been helping him out and things like that but that is compassion ah, <laughs> there should be another part to this thing then i began to pray for I'm trying to say. So when somebody comes to you and says, ah, I have um, this, this issue, don't only just give them panadol. Add them to your prayer point. That is exhibiting the full part of Christ. But this is where we are now as a body of Christ. Like I said, you see, this is where we are as a body of Christ. We are compassionate, but we don't do anything. When I mean do anything, take action. Even attempt to do something. I mean, you can give people money. That's not what I'm talking about. You can give them education. You can do whatever. Like I said, like I said no, the boy is going to be okay. He's going, he's, he's, by God's, he's going to go to a specialist school. So it's going to be okay. But what I'm trying to say is that is that there are, and I will begin, to, you begin to see this as we even go along. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. The Bible says, And Jesus landed, and he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. What happened afterwards? So he began to teach them. So compassion did not only hand on, oh, this thing is bad. They actually started to take action. He actually started to take action about it. And you see, you see this wonderful part. This part through scriptures. Let me just show you one thing as we quickly 
Move on. Mark chapter 9. I will say this first. Is that the Bible is not split into chapters. The original context. The scripture was not split into chapters. You don't write letters to people in chapters. Do you? <laughs> you don't write <laughs> chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It was split so that people can understand. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, so when you read the book of Luke, if you read Luke chapter 1, you begin to see that he said um, Theophilus, to, to Theophilus. This is the account. Because Luke was a letter written to Theophilus. But it was split into chapters so that we can understand. So why, why I'm saying this is because I'm going to link this to chapter 10. So the Bible says that when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless and they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. If you go to Bible Hub and you type in that Matthew chapter 39, chapter 9, verse 38, and you go to the lexicon in the Greek interpreter that they give you interpretation of every single one. This sent out here. He said, do you know where they use it again? Casting out demons. So what he's saying is that he's saying the another person would have, so you would when you read the interpretation, you see, basically what he said, therefore, to the Lord, um, I ask the Lord of harvest to throw out. So it's not sent for that, you know, we are going God as no, he's saying. Throw them out, or, or it will say in there, it will say, Cast them out. So, with force, that's what it's saying. We get to that point. So, so what do we, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus saying, Pray. So, there is a need, there are issues. Jesus said, Oh, yeah, go on your knees and begin to pray and ask God to send harvest. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to expect here? When we do this prayer, what are we supposed to expect? Hallelujah. That God will send workers or laborers. Do we get to that point? So let us see what Jesus, the next thing that Jesus did. Matthew chapter 10. Then Jesus called the twelve. He said, while you are praying, you come. <laughs> because we think when he said, Father, send laborers. Send laborers. And God is saying, but when you finish praying, stand up and go and do something. Now, you begin to see them until you get to verse 4. These are all the names of the apostles. Of the apostles, verse four. He said, "Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, 
who will betray him. So God was so desperate to get somebody out. I said, oh, Judah, you, you two are standing there. Yeah. <laughs> Just go out and do something. What I am saying is this. We need to begin to move away, not only stand in the place of prayer. You have to start to do something. You have to start to do something. And as we just look at this part, I would explain to us. If you go to um, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 21. The Bible says... And the, 20, the 72 returned with joy and said to him, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he replied, like I saw Satan fall like a lightning from heaven. Verse 19. He said, I have giving you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. If Jesus had given them authority, why were they surprised? They were surprised because if you go to verse 1 of that same scripture, before they came back, the Bible says, let's go on please. The Bible says, and after this, Jesus appointed 72 and sent them two by two ahead to every town, every place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And he said, go, verse 3, he said, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do you know what Jesus did not tell them here? He didn't say, I am giving you authority. So they did not know. They were still waiting for Jesus to say, Hey, I'm giving, can you feel power? As you are going now, the power is with you. So when they got there and they were beginning to see, they were surprised. And when Jesus was even sending them, Jesus said, I am sending you like a lamb among them. I am sending you, you will appear weak. To what you will be facing. But so in their mind they were thinking, ah, there's nothing I can do. I am a lamb among wolves. Oh God, protect me. Oh God, help me. And when they began to see action, they were like, Jesus now said, I have given you authority. Please, what is authority? Authority is approval in advance. If I give you authority to have my car, you don't come back and ask me every time, should I stop? Should I, where, where should I park? Where should I do this question? No, you don't do that. If I have given you authority, what it means, okay, let's go back to that 17, please. 
Now, when Jesus was saying to them, he said, over all the power of the enemy. That means that if anything is still under that power, whatever dimension, don't come back and ask me. I have given you authority. That's what I said. This would, this would offend us because your, our thinking is at every point in time. When Jesus, the Bible says Jesus sent them out two by two into every village. He said, go there. So he did not tell them that which one is Ogundile, which one is Ophaye, which one is, he didn't say that. But we have those dimensions now that we are built into the body of Christ. Jesus just said, go. Heal them. Cast out demons. He didn't. Jesus never analyzed for his disciples. He never did. I don't think we have a, a place for that. I know in your mind you're thinking, Jesus said, this kind cannot go out except by fasting and prayer. Amen. God will help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Where, where is that? In the, where, where do we have it in the Bible? Let's go on, please. Matthew. Is there anyone that knows it? Where is it in the Bible? It is in the Bible. Please don't think that I'm here to tell you that it's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. Matthew chapter verse. I don't have it all. Ma? Matthew chapter 17 verse 21. Bible will know. Very good. Eba mi wo mo e Matthew 721 beba. And who has King James? What are you using my antifilm? Eh? NIV, okay. Yes, ma. Verse 21. How big? Uh-huh. This kind works not. Yes. Mommy, uh, big mommy, and you are like, so a Kaja de May. Ben. Go sing Ben. Sorry, <laughs> we will talk about it later on. See, there are things that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Ma? Yeah, yeah, no, I, we would still, we would still do teachings on those things. Please don't get me wrong. The Bible is complete. If you don't understand things, you would not understand. The Bible is forever complete. Now, this is what I'm trying to say is that, see, at times, rather than casting out a demon, you are supposed to say, ah, let me, let me, let me, let me do, let me, let me do the and demon. Ah, yeah, don't worry, let him try. Because you, your, your confidence is in how much those fasts have gone. Jesus did, I believe, that what Jesus was saying, remember that when Jesus cast out that demon, Jesus, Jesus did not say, wait, let me go and fast. So the conversation that this is a different in scrolls of scriptures. But what I'm trying to say to you is this. If you have a lifestyle 
of fasting and prayer, you are all, you know, when you get to that situation, stand your ground and say, this is what the Bible says, I cast you out. No matter how long it takes, I will stand on my faith. God help us. Amen. I don't want to go there. I was trying to go to Saturday areas, but we'll get there. Hallelujah. So that's why I said the word of God will offend you because you are used to certain things. But as you begin to study, you begin to say, please let me just, our time is gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Amen. Let's just, um, let, me, let me just explain something because I think I have laid something there which get people a little bit, um, a little bit concerned. I'm just going to read two scriptures for us. Two scriptures for us. Acts. Acts chapter. Yeah, Acts chapter 28. Please note it, note, note this. Please, can you just bear with me just for a minute? Please, just bear with me just for a minute. John chapter 5, just before that, John chapter 5. The Bible says, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son gives life to whomsoever he pleases. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but all judgment has been entrusted in the Son. Now, what is the Bible saying here? God would release authority to you. In the place of prayer, God will release authority to you. But you have the right to now release and enforce that authority or not. I will show you an explanation in scriptures. Acts chapter 28 verse 8. The Bible says, this is um, uh, Paul. The father was sick. The father of the man was sick in bed and suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went into Paul, Paul went to see him. After he prayed, please notice the order. After he prayed, he placed his hand on him and he healed him. Jesus will never Jesus never told us pray a demon out. You pray to receive authority and you enforce that authority. No matter how long you stay on the altar of prayer, what you'll be given is authority. If you don't enforce it, all you have is authority. You have not enforced it. You will see it, Jesus 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 displayed this again. 
Acts chapter four and uh, one. Sorry, yeah, sorry, the, 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 uh, Mark chapter one. Sorry, I'm just. Bible said, in very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went off to a solitary place and he prayed. So Simon and his companions went to look for him and they found him and exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Then Jesus said to them, Let us go. Um, let us go somewhere. Um, let us go somewhere else to the village nearby. So Jesus was not particular about where they were going. He just said, Let us go somewhere near us. So that means it did not matter where he appeared. So that I can preach there also. Why? And that is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogue and driving out demons. Where did the power come from? He had received authority. So by the time he got in front of a demon, he wasn't praying. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I refuse this in my household. This is not happening. The devil, you have no place here. Then they begin to list. That is when you are issuing out your authority. But when I go to God and say, God, Lord, I pray that you would, you would release your, um, you would, you would hold these demons. You would, you would cast them out and things like that. And there is no part in scriptures where the Bible says God will cast out demons. He said, you will cast out demons. So what God would do is release authority. And when he releases authority, I take that authority and I use it. I'm not saying fasting and prayer. Please don't get me wrong. I too do it. Fasting and prayer is important. But after I fast and pray, if I do not stand to stand my ground in authority, I, have only, I am only carrying authority, but I am not exercising it in any way. That is why you will see that's why we went to that Acts chapter 8 verse. Please let us back, back to the Acts chapter 8 verse uh, 28, sorry. After he prayed, he laid his hands and he healed the man. So assuming he prayed and he left, what will happen? The boy will sit there. You will see this in Elijah. You see this in Elisha. I don't have time to go through that. When they wanted to raise the boy, you will see that the Bible would say Elijah will go back and forth, back and forth. Afterwards, he goes to the child and he lays over the child, and he stands up again. He goes again. So basically, what he's doing is that he's going back and forth in the place of prayer. He's going back and forth in the place of prayer. After the prayer, then he went and he laid his hands. He laid his body over the boy. That was what made the boy come up. I believe at times one of the challenges in my understanding, please, you know, this is what I see from scriptures, is that at times we stumble into certain things without knowing them in our in the way we operate. So we are we are calling prayer points now. We are saying we are tell God 
to begin to deal with all the all the demons in this environment. Tell God, begin to deal with all the demons in this environment. You are praying. Have you noticed that at times somebody now says, Oh, yeah, that is the time you are releasing the authority. But at times, if you don't understand, we think everything is together. That's why Jesus would tell his disciples, go out there, cast them out. So what happens if they don't respond? You stand there. See, when a ticket officer, they are not there to they are not there to debate with you. If you have a debate, you go to court. They are there to say, this will not happen in this house. What gives you the authority? Jesus gave me the authority. He had already released it. In fact, I spoke with him this morning. He released it. Uh, are you not going to go to him and go to him and say what? He has already released authority. So when he sent his disciples, they didn't come back and say, Hey, Esa, um, there is this person. We were not sure. That was why when the disciples said, we could not cast this one out. Jesus said, it was because of your own belief. Why? Because they were doing it before. What happened? Jesus said, no, what does unbelief mean? Is that unbelief begins to creep in when you have been trying something for so long and it's not working. Jesus said, no, you stay there. I gave you authority. That was why when they came back, Jesus did not say, ah, don't worry, I know that. Jesus said, no, 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 you stay there. You should serve to your ground. I said, no, I will not, I will not. This thing is going to get resolved. This year, one of the things God help us in Jesus' name, I've finished. Amen. One of the things that we are doing is that I'm trying to begin to help us build a perfect Christ. Where I do not only know the scriptures, but I am going to stand my ground. Something came to my mind where the Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name. And I read that scripture and I felt, wait a minute. So if Jesus was going to come to a place, all we needed to do is to say, Father, we are gathering over this case in your name. Then he steps in. So basically what he's saying is that if you need him, you know what to do. Don't say, where are you? I'm waiting for you. No, I have already told you where two or more are gathered. In my name, I will come. So, stand, take that ground and see if I will come. One of the things that, the, the challenge is that we have been so much wrapped in things and at times I get heat. At times, you know, we are weary, we are tired. And at times that is what the devil wants you to do. 
you just feel fed up. And go back to Jesus and say, that's what the disciples said. Sir, we could not do this. And Jesus looked back at them and said, where is your faith? Basically, why are you coming back? Because he told you no. No, you stay there. There is a man that God has helped him to, you know, do, um, deal with sickness and things like that. God is helping him now. He's raising the dead. Well, guess what? He tried to raise seven people before then. None of them raised up. But he kept up. You have a man called uh, Todd White. He was going out praying for the sick. He got to a point. His wife said, "You know what? You want to embarrass yourself. So." Just be going, I will stay at the back. Now, if Todd White enters a shopping center, it is only because he's still on his path that you not see most of them, no matter the sickness. But for so many years, over 200 people that he has prayed for, he never saw one. But he was saying, he said, You go back to the Bible. He said, No, the Bible said, He gave me authority, I will go back. At times, that is what persecution means. That is what feeling ashamed means. When you are holding on to something that everybody is saying, can you not see that this thing does not work? I am still growing. That's what I'm doing. If I pray for somebody and that person is not healed now, I am still growing. That's what Jesus said. I am growing to becoming like Christ. But I cannot stop my growth because something is not happening. That is my secret. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.